Thanks for joining us for part two of the Autoimmune Encephalitis podcast, the story of Jillian Cash. In part one, Sarah and Jillian thought they had a confirmed diagnosis, but that was just the beginning of the journey. Part two will discuss how they finally did get the confirmed diagnosis in late June. We will have Jillian herself, her mom, Sarah, and her grandfather, Tom, and we'll discuss that journey as well as her treatment and the road ahead. Uh, so we left off in March when um, Jillian got her initial diagnosis of autoimmune encephalitis. And that was kind of an answer to what had been going on for a long time. So that led to a myriad of tests, a lumbar puncture, some blood work, uh, EEG, some ultrasounds. And uh, so we get to the end of that. So that that starts rolling off of like the first week of April. Yeah. And uh, get through those and came back finally in May, like probably four weeks has gone by at this point for Four or five weeks. Does that sound about right, Jill? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. So that came back and the uh, CSF, which is your uh, clear spinal fluid, cerebral final, spinal fluid, excuse me, uh, that came back that there was no um, autoimmune uh, type entities in the spinal fluid. So they said, well, we don't know why, but that was probably a false positive on the blood work. They did another set of blood work, which was not timed correctly with when they did the uh, lumbar puncture. So when that came back also negative, uh, the doctor here locally said, well, uh, we've come at the end of all the things we can do. And my response was, okay, so what's the next step? The doctor says, you need to go back working very closely with your psychiatrist. And my very kind words were, thank you very much. And I hung up. So how did you feel about that, Jill? Like, what was your feeling when we got that notice? Um, I mean, it just kind of sucked because, like, you got it, you get so close to, like, an answer. And then when things start going out of order and coming back negative and it's just, like, work with your psychiatrist, it's, like, basically saying you're doing it for attention. And I wouldn't do any of this stuff for attention. <laughs> right. So uh, it's somewhere in those five or six weeks prior to all that coming back, we had, um, I guess I should kind of back up a little bit and say that our podcast led to the president of the Autoimmune Encephalitis Association who contacted me from that contact and this amazing uh, advice that we were given. We were given the contact of a doctor pediatrician in uh, New York City. That pediatrician started calling me and then kind of following our case and following along with what was happening. And uh, they said, you know, they just kept saying, it doesn't sound like everything is going quite the direction you want it to. There's this expert in Louisville, Kentucky, and you should probably call down there and see what it would take to get a referral. So somewhere in the midst of all of this, uh, I did call her pediatrician and said, would you write the referral to see the doctor in Louisville? And she said, yes, no problem. So again, we're, we're talking six weeks has gone by. I mean, you're, you're right. We're probably what five, five months out from the last time we talked, John. So Close, yeah. yeah. So, um, we decided that we were well enough. Uh, all of us had been, uh, vaccinated. We went ahead and went to Florida to St. Petersburg. And while we were there, uh, my husband called me out of the blue and said the office called and set up an appointment for us in June. 
and J- Jill and I were both like ecstatic. <laughs> I mean, like, like somebody's listening to us. What? When are we going? And so we went um, that la- uh, June 23rd, June 24th was our appointment, yes. our initial appointment. I believe so. Yeah, June 24th. Yeah. So we got the referral, went down there to to see this world-renowned expert um, that's at the Norton's Children's Hospital in Louisville. And, uh, you know, he started taking a history, uh, pretty neat office. Uh, he had a um, nurse practitioner with him. And then they also have a social worker who's kind of all, it's a very big team effort, right? I mean, yeah. that's, that's the best way to describe it. And so lots of history. Um, Jill got to really explain what was going on with her. And then why don't you talk a little bit about what his reaction was to the, what things you were displaying, Jill? Um, so when he went over, cause we talked to the nurse first and she kind of wrote down like the whole timeline, how stuff started happening and he came in. Um, I actually threw a, I had a stuffed giraffe with me and, uh, I actually threw it at him and he just did like a small little dodge, but that was his first impression of me. And, um, <laughs> when he started talking to me, uh, he was explaining uh, what autoimmune encephalitis looks like, and he's like, well, you're extremely articulate for, uh, you know, possibly having autoimmune encephalitis, because, like, he described that, like, I should not be able to have, like, a normal conversation or really be able to think, right? I, I don't know. Um, and then he also described the tics, and he's like, they're not, like, presenting as autoimmune encephalitis and he did like an example of what it looked like for way too long <laughs> it was just like kind of weird but a little awkward there for a second <laughs> he just kept doing it for like a good minute and we're like you can it's, stop it, yeah. okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're maybe you're holding all this back in reality i don't know it was a little awkward there for a second yeah and then finally when we like uh kind of got done with like the history and stuff he actually mentioned that i might have had Tourette's and so he was like it kind of falls into it where like you know one morning i was totally fine and the next i woke up and had ticks um and so he was like I think it's threats, but uh, he did throw lab work at it. <laughs> so a lot of lab work. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, he was very thorough and the doctor here didn't even try to like even explain threats because she's like, there's no such thing as onset threats. Sudden onset. You're right. Oh, yes, sorry. yes, yes. Yeah. You're, you're doing a great job. No, you're good. No, great job. And, um, it was actually like, nice to be listened to and then um, given like the whole, hey, what's going to happen if stuff comes back. Um, so we had a plan for both sides, for Tourette's and for autoimmune encephalitis. Well, uh, Jill, I, I just want to mention your uh, doctor in Louisville is actually a pediatric neurologist. And, right. Uh, yeah, so he's he's very familiar with uh AE. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's surprising. This is a very often misdiagnosed problem yeah. because the, the symptoms can, there are, are many and varied. And, uh, <clears throat> so they, you know, they went through the whole and finally said, okay, well, basically if it's, if, uh, everything else is all right, it just must be Tourette syndrome. Yeah. And, and that's what I found reading in the literature from the Association of uh, 
autoimmune encephalitis was that that's a lot of times what they they'll, they'll uh, misdiagnose it either as epilepsy mm-hmm. or uh, Tourette syndrome, right? Or just yeah. like a bunch of mental disorders. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or psycho- psychosis. Yeah. Psychosis. Yeah. psychosis. So that was a Thursday, the twenty third of June, and twenty fourth. 24th. Yeah. So then Wednesday, (laughs) last Wednesday, this past Wednesday, I get a call from him in the morning and he said, uh, I know it's the 4th of July weekend coming up, but he said, I want you guys here tonight. Uh, her blood work has come back very concerning and we need you here immediately. So, uh, got Jill, got Jake. Jake was actually way down in Atterbury, had to wait for him to come home to, drive all the way down there um, and got there and the ER was ready for us to do um, the intake, the admissions. And so by Thursday morning, you know, so that was only a week later after having seen him the very first time, uh, he reordered pretty much everything we had already had done. So you had an MRI, a CT, and another lumbar puncture that day, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you did another panel of blood. I yeah. And then yeah. he did more blood. Uh, so then based on the findings of that uh, blood work, he decided to go ahead and do the uh, steroids. So she started that night, that Thursday night. So we Wednesday night, we did the intake Thursday day, Thursday evening is when he started the steroids and talk about how that was. The steroids? Yeah. <laughs> so I had it, I had the IV in my hand and they said it was going to be a bit more harsh being in the hand and I didn't, exp- I didn't know steroids were going to hurt. Um, and so when it started to drip and come in, it just like started burning. And I like, I started like kind of panicking almost. And they're like, oh no, that's normal. <laughs> it's like, slide. yeah, good. It'll go away. Bane looks great. Yeah. And we played Yahtzee the whole entire time while, while my hand was just burning. Yeah. It was just your hand or did it, did it, as it yeah, went in, it did it Yeah, it kind of like gradually up came up like the forearm. It eventually was like fine. Um, but the first like shock of it was like, yeah. ow. So that was, that was Thursday morning. So talk about a little bit how you felt Friday morning when you woke up. Okay. I didn't get any sleep that night. That's for sure. Um, I don't think any of us got any sleep. No. That night. So, uh, I definitely slept most of that day away. Um, when we got to the ER, my texts were like normal. And then after the first round of steroids, I noticed like a, a difference in the ticks. Um, they weren't as there frequent, frequent or, uh, violent or that like jarring. They were just like this small little, um, shoulder and, um, hand. So it was weird. Cause I was like, Oh, they're going to think that I'm just like, Oh, Sarah, it's helped me. I'm totally fine. And it's like, they were like, no, that's, we're glad like that can happen. Yeah. Um, I can have that much of a dramatic effect in a short yeah. amount of time. <laughs> so that was, that was great. And then, um, that day he ran an EEG, which we found out, uh, came back, with abnormal results, uh, sort of, uh, she had slow reactions, but not as slow as what would be indicated if she had seizures. So we're kind of still looking at maybe what are absent seizures. Um, that's kind of still on the table and also, uh, very parallel and would be a normal finding for somebody with autoimmune encephalitis. So that was actually helping him draw even more of a picture that yes, this is what it is. This is what we're dealing with. 
So uh, Friday, you got another round. It wasn't so bad. No, they, I had my IV in my arm this time and they gave me the heating packs and I thought it wasn't going to help since like I thought it was hot and not cold. Um, but apparently it's cold. Um, so they gave me heating packs and that was a lot better, but I mean, still hurt, but it was a lot better. So they rounded on us Saturday morning. So again, we've been there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. And they rounded that morning and said, you know, you really look a lot better. How are you, you know, how are you feeling? We said dramatically better. Uh, so they said, well, we're going to do one more round. Um, cause they didn't really think that the, the, um, the lumbar puncture results were going to come back anytime, you know, soon. And he said, you know, it doesn't necessarily have more doing more steroids doesn't necessarily make a better outcome. And we should probably just let this round, you know, settle in and then kind of see where we are instead of just going ahead and just trying to wait and give her more steroids in the meantime. So we got, um, got discharged on Saturday afternoon, Yeah, which was great because we actually got to be home for the fourth and uh we it was amazing the whole the whole thing i mean just to be heard and to be um not treated like we were crazy <laughs> like all all of us were crazy <laughs> so is it have you talked to anybody else that has gone through this is it normal for it to take so long to get this diagnosis i mean uh, yeah there's um there's like a whole community on like TikTok and Instagram and there are some people that it's taken like 10 years to really? be actually diagnosed with it. Wow. And by then it's, it's yeah. almost too late because they're the, the symptoms and severity of it and how long the titers have been there and how long the brain has been, um, hurt or attacked, um, can start to get really serious because oftentimes yeah. it's just pushed off as mental disorders and, right you know, work with your psychiatrist. You have to push like, you know, you guys did. You know, you have yeah. got to say, no, I don't accept this. Well, you they know? had even put her on psychiatric meds. Yeah. And then they say, well, no, it's not psychiatric. So they took her off the meds. And I think for anybody that's interested, I think the best lesson is uh, there is a movie on Netflix, and it's called Brain on Fire. And it's a true story of a young of uh, this lady in uh, it on set when she was 23 years old and that was back in 2009 <clears throat> she was happened to be or she was a reporter for the new york post at the time and that movie could easily have been jill i mean it just textbook it took her forever. In fact, she almost died. She lost some physical function. She had to use a cane for a while, and uh, she had uh, episodes of catatonic. But see, that's just, it's all different. She started out, her symptoms started out with hallucinations. Yeah. She had severe hallucinations, and then she developed paranoia, and then she got violent. Yeah. And, and then she started to physically uh, go downhill, and they, they, they did the same thing. They, uh, they first they said, well, it's psychiatric. And then now I said, well, maybe it's epilepsy. So they put her in epilepsy ward and when she had ticks, they put her in a straitjacket. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, finally they, as it turns out, there was a neurologist there in New York that he's actually a professor. And one of the doctors that was attending, uh, 
uh, Susanna uh, said, you know, hey, we're stumped. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't know what's going on here. And it took him a while, and, and it was this was the weirdest thing. One day he went in there and he said, okay, Susanna, I'm going to give you a piece of paper and a pencil, and I want you to draw the face of a clock on it. You know, nothing fancy, just the face of a clock. So she did. Only all the numbers, 1 through 12, were on the right-hand side of the paper, and the left-hand side was left blank. And he said, this nails it down. It's not a psychiatric problem. This is a neurologic problem. Mm-hmm. He said her right side, of, the right side of her brain, is inflamed and it's not functioning properly. So at that time, now this was two thousand nine, and she was only like the two hundred and seventy second person in the world to be diagnosed with it. Whoa! Uh, and uh, because yeah, because the occurrence is one in every 1.5 million people. Oh, my gosh. So A is not going to get its own telethon anytime That's soon. That's a stat from today? Yeah. Oh, oh yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yes. current, yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, they did a brain biopsy, and it came back positive. And so then they treated her, and I think pretty much on the same regiment that that Jill is. So it's steroids and what's next? Well, next would be immunoglobulins infusion and then possibly plasmapheresis. And in plasmapheresis, they remove your plasma from your blood and replace it with donor plasma. And the thought is that when you get the, the antibodies are in the plasma. So if you get the plasma out and put new plasma in, you're really uh, hopefully eliminating the antibodies that are causing the Is problems. Is that shown to be effective? Very effective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very it's, effective. It's, big, yeah. it's basically resetting your system. Um, he he likened it to... Dialysis? Yeah, he likened it to dialysis. So so if, if we find that she's not truly um, successful on the steroids, the next one is IVIG. Uh, it should be 10 days home care well they'll do a pick line so it kind of goes in your in your left arm it goes t- towards the heart is where it ends up they put it in there with a uh, they actually had to take an x-ray to make sure it's in the right place so we would have home care for 10 days straight for the ivig and then if that is not successful then they would go to the plasma replacement like dad was talking about only it's a central line that goes into the neck and it's a it's more invasive so the thought with this is that you start with the least invasive uh, measure possible you know and you kind of work your way up but the thing about steroids you know again good bad i mean she hasn't had all the weird side effects like they told us that she's probably going to eat like both legs are you know, hollow wood. Uh, she hasn't <laughs> done that. In fact, she had like a total lack of wanting to eat. Yeah. Um, they said she might rage, you know, like that roid rage kind of thing. Yeah. yeah she hasn't done that. Yeah. Um, well, okay. No, I did rage when we got home. You got, like for a second. I mean, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't well, she, She's little, but she's mighty. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the, the weekend before she, she her uh, boyfriend, he's a really good kid was over. And for some reason, she was having these ticks, and every time she'd walk by him, she'd kick him and punch him. She was beating him. <laughs> I hell have no out internal of him. hatred. And, for and him. he was real cool. He's like, oh, you know, I mean, he understood. You know, <laughs> but but that was something else. She beat up a boyfriend. You know. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> every once in a while, he'd be like, "Nice hook, Jill. Nice hook." <laughs> um, so, so yes. Yeah, so let's let's kind of back up. So. 
the real issue with Jill's case is that we don't know what or where this why is causing why there's the, titers. Yeah, why the titers are there. So yeah. if she had, I think we spoke about it before, the ovarian teratomas, which are benign cysts on the ovaries. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> That's a tick. That was a good example. Uh, um, anyway, so, you know, those weren't present. So in essence, if you had those removed, the body stops, you know, wanting to attack and kind of solved. Uh, or, or we can say she had an episode of um, strep. And the strep is something that caused this kind of onset, blah, yeah. blah, blah. A lot of people also have herpes. Uh, and the funny thing that we've like, we've run into, I mean, not funny with a 15 year old, but the funny and the fact that I think most physicians don't really think that parents have a really decent relationship with their teenagers. So, you know, they'll be like, they'll come in and they'll be like, well, she doesn't have herpes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and then she got back from <laughs> having the ultrasound again the other day. And she goes, well, there's no baby in the womb. And I was like, we know Jill. So, but it is kind of becoming like, we have to make a little bit of light out of it. And I guess yeah. like we're, we're kind of open to the fact that we'd like probably talk about too many things. Well, but I, when she was first diagnosed or, or when she first went in to have this address, one of the first questions they ask her is, is she doing drugs? <laughs> yeah. Or how much alcohol is she yeah, drinking? How, my, yeah. how much alcohol is she doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, is she doing uh, marijuana or well, they have to rule out oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. exactly. That's, exactly. And they have to rule out yeah. pregnancy, yeah. you know, uh, but but that was funny. That was one of the first things they asked is if she was on drugs. Yeah. No, like alcohol. my mom was like, at this point, if you're pregnant, screw it. That's, that's the best thing <laughs> yeah, we got. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't be that's the worst thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so trying to figure out uh, how she got it. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. That's, and they don't, there's no way for them to know how long she's had. It. No, no, that's, no, that's, no way to know. It's, that's the like, only way yeah. they're doing it now is based on history. So we yeah. don't know if it was like this last summer, about this time, because we, you know, again, I was setting up the timeline on the Have first podcast. Have people ever gotten did. it at a young, young, young age, like children? Yes, uh, actually. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in a group. Oh, okay. I'm in a Facebook group um, and it's it's a really, really good one. And um, people have really young kids that have it, um, hmm. but theirs usually do start with seizures. So um, there being there would be some sign. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. not going to yeah. be silently there. Yeah, it's no. not just going to like it's, pop it's up one day. Right. Yeah. So it's because uh, like, he was even asking, does she ever have like eye twitching or like mm. s- like sneezing uh, when she was younger? No. Like, yeah. there's not much where we can like tie it to. Yeah. Well, one thing about this disease, it it hadn't even it hasn't even been recognized until the like the early two thousands. This is still a new disease. Yeah. Or and it's been there and it was just diagnosed as exactly. Yeah, it's, right. yeah. Yeah. So it's been there forever, yeah. Yeah. but it was misdiagnosed for right, right, right. So it was finally recognized as a disease entity, but it's still a young disease. When right. You, as far as uh, what they know about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. Call it, you know, etiologic agents and all that. And it's just like, okay, with me, I have uh, pulmonary fibrosis. Okay. 30% of the cases, they can say what caused this, like farmer's lung or coal miner's lung or whatever. I'm in the 70% that they don't know. Mm-hmm. So they call it idiopathic, which means unique unto you, which mm-hmm. is a fancy way of saying we don't know what caused this. Yeah. It's there, but nobody knows why it's there. You know, and, and I'm thinking that 
especially, I mean, mine's fairly rare, but hers is really rare. Uh, it's going to take a while. It's, it's going to take a lot of, you know, literature and all that. And, and mm-hmm. maybe one of these days they'll, they'll finally really nail down ca- or causes of this. But right now it's there. Like I said, it's a, it's a new disease. It's like, it's like aspirin has been around for over a hundred years. So we know everything about aspirin. We know all of its side effects. In fact, we use some of the side effects like as anticoagulant, but it's been around forever. Uh, since most of the research goes into the big, big diseases like cancer and, and heart disease and all that. And so this is probably when you get into really rare instances like that, it's kind of an offshoot of other things, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's really where I think a is at. Mm -hmm. Uh, but, uh, like I said, there's a good chance you'll just never know what caused it. It's just, you know, Something did, but who knows what? Well, and I, I you know, I, I want to play off that kind of too, though, because I feel like, and I'm sure Jill feels the same way, that we were just not being heard. And so yeah. I'm I'm not one, again, with my, you know, with dad being a retired oral surgeon, my mom being a nurse, my sister being a nurse, I'm not one that stands on my head and, and argues with a physician. I mean, I know they're not the end all of be all, but normally I feel like if you're giving me a reasonable explanation for something that's, that you probably know what you're doing. I think what we found was because her case is very, very unique. I know I won't use the word. You can say the word. Anomaly. You're an anomaly. Yeah. She hates the word. Um, (laughs) but because she's an anomaly, uh, we had to find a practitioner who was willing to try something because the yeah. door kept shutting. And even if the steroids is not going to end up being the end all a be all, there's a B and there's a C and, and, and we're just hoping that somewhere along the lines, those work. So, but finding, finding some, finding a physician that will listen. Um, I think it was just the number one thing because we didn't know we weren't being heard yeah. until we were really being heard. And, uh, you know, pushing, advocating, if you will, for treatment and just saying, you know, tell me all the things that are so bad about trying this one thing yeah. that you're not willing. And so, and, and Jill kind of, you said the same thing, right? I just, the thing, I don't think the doctor that we went to is technically like bad, but I just don't think she was confident enough or was... I guess aggressive enough to like jump onto this because like there are multiple risks that you can take with like improper treatment but she just wasn't confident enough or just was like I'm not comfortable with like all like the stuff coming back like negative and not really getting any like true answers as to this is autoimmune encephalitis I think that's what really set her back um because like she for a while she did listen to us and it felt like she was going to and then you know a lot of stuff happened well and again I I have to say as a parent and my own parents sitting here with me so I can say safely that I know I know teenagers especially young people don't say everything to their parents I totally get that but to hear to hear psychiatrists psychosis for your what was a perfectly normal 15 year old, uh, you know, with no history and everything else, 
Um, and that was the only thing that we were left with. It was just, that wasn't the right answer. And so that's the hard, that's been the hardest thing I think is to be an advocate without being inappropriate or to be in, in the, the a way that it's, it's respect, mutually respectful. Um, but also saying like, I don't, you're not, you're not hearing all this. So, uh, it, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I saw, I read another article and I think it was from the association. You'd be surprised. Do you think all physicians are even aware of a no, there's a lot of people that don't know no, AE no, exists. No, that's only a small percentage. Exists. Sorry. And some of them, there are some that don't know about it at all. Some that have heard of it, but really don't know anything about it. And then there's a few, like the like the doctor in uh, the pediatrician in New York, that's very familiar with it. Yeah. So uh, it's something I think that the medical community needs to get out there more. You know, they need to get, yeah. they need to get into the journals more yeah. and, and bring it more to the forefront because I think it's kind of, you know, it be, again, because it's so rare and the, the yeah. symptoms can be so bizarre. Uh, I put think, it in the mix. Yeah. yeah. Essential exactly. things exactly. and have, yeah. have, have, have some resources. Yeah. For Cause it. unfortunately yeah. most cases end in really bad outcomes cause they're yeah. just pushed off to the side. They for, wait too long. Yeah. For, to and, treat it. and so I'll go back to it in January when I stood on my head and looked at the attending and said, I, I'm not leaving until you call a neurologist or I'm not leaving until you do an MRI. And I love our healthcare system. Uh, you know, I, I think that we get really good treatment, except he said it's not protocol to do an MRI in the ER. Says who? Just because it's not the most normal thing. But I feel like, and I've found out you know, recently is that that blood work to have it looked at is super expensive. So physicians aren't willing to risk the health, their healthcare, that provider not paying for that test and saying, how in the world can you reasonably order this, um, you know, as it's very expensive. And, and, you know, Jake and I have said to Jillian a thousand times over, even, even with going, you know, out of state and not knowing how uh, you know, things were going to be handled, you know, as far as finances go, I said, you, you don't ever have to worry about that. I'll, I'll, I'll sell the house. I'll, I'll do whatever it takes to come up with the money to pay for. But I wasn't even at, I wasn't given the option that there might be other tests that they could have run, except that they're expensive. And so to me, I would, you know, with my kiddo, I would have, you know, I know how you are, John, like if they say this, there's this one test out there that might help you, then I'll, I'll do whatever it yeah, takes. We'll I mean, we'll, we'll pay it. You know what I mean? So that's been, I think where we uh, are finding a stumbling block is because those tests are expensive. And so mm -hmm. if they're not called for insurance might decline them. So then, you know, who's going to pay for them? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that does seem to be um, a sticking point with all of this is, is because it is so rare, will insurance cover it? And, it, it, it's such, it's so, it, you know, because there's so few cases out there and it's like, it hasn't become, um, you know, the awareness is just not there. No, there's not and, a lot of awareness. Yeah. So that's, I think that's one of the reasons why we're doing this, right? Yeah. You know, it's just to try to help <laughs> yeah, other yeah. people right. share this experience. Oh, and um, John, I wanted to, we can really thank you for all this because you're the one who thought to get in touch with the uh, lady in, lady in Oregon that's the president of the association. 
uh, and she's and it all started with her, and then she gave the referral to the doctor in New York, and then she referred yeah. them to, to Louisville. So uh, you know, very happy to help. Yeah, yeah I mean it just it, yeah. it worked out to be great, you know, and glad uh, that worked. Yeah, it's a testament uh, to you don't know who's listening. I mean you. I don't think I knew a lot about podcasting or, you know, doing any of this before. And I thought, well, who, who the heck so listens to this stuff? True well, crime okay. Podcast. I listen to my yeah. true crime stuff. Yeah, but do. I mean, yeah. well, I send it to her directly. Yeah. I knew and you, I, I knew you I, had, which said, was a great is, idea. Yeah. You know, she, yeah. I, I had no idea that she was going to be so like, she instantly responded and she's like, you know, she's a survivor herself. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and uh, you know, she just knows a lot about she does. this. So if you're right. listening, <laughs> thank you. Tabitha, yeah, thank Tabitha's you. wonderful. And so, and I haven't watched the movie that Dan was talking about because oh, in the first yeah, two no. minutes I got very upset, but um, Tabitha did assure me that um, the person who the movie's based on is now married, has twins, uh, oh, lives she's a very, very happy, yeah. healthy awesome. life. And so, but, you know, being mom and being so new at this, there was some things that I just couldn't handle. And again, like all I did was one day typed out while I was alone, you know, out of town doing eye step testing, um, just typed out, you know, a timeline, like what's been happening and sent it to you and just said, Hey, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Not, you know, not having any idea that it would go anywhere or do anything. And now that we're in this, you know, right place with at least treatment options. Yeah. And so it's just the, it's, I, I can't even put into words what it's been like, you know, I just amazing. <laughs> if I had to wrap it up all into one, I mean, that's it. Amazing. Lady whose uh, brain on fire is all about. His name is Suzanne Kahalan. And uh, I found on YouTube that she's done a lot of interviews and they're good ones. Like she did one in the UK that was very good. And she's been, uh, she's done some seminars and whatever with the neurologist that finally cracked her case mm -hmm. and all and it's so if you want a, a good edge and, and but really the best place to learn about it is uh, the association of autoimmune encephalitis has a really good website and it's very informative very helpful uh, and, but you know one thing i noticed is that most of the cases i read about were teenagers yeah and female right yeah it's, yeah, it's more female. common in, yeah. in female in yeah yeah Nobody uh, knows why, right? Not, is no, it, not. Is it, I mean, I think it might be with like the teratomas and some, but yeah, yeah, it's just females. <laughs> females get the short end of the yeah. stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Jill's even, uh, you know, as soon as I talked to her, I said, um, you know, you also have to figure out when the doctors come in and when people come in to talk to her, I'm always pushing her to go first. Like you, you talk because I'm not the patient. And when she's like, I'm so sorry, this is da, 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 da. Jill, we don't care. You're the patient. You're the one describing all of the things and all of this, and everybody has to listen to you. And this is, this is your show, you know? And so I think, um, I mean, it's, it's, I definitely have, it's made her better, but then she's taken it one step further and, uh, she got into, is that the TikTok? Yeah, the, <laughs> follows TikTok, a young gal on TikTok. The TikTok, the, yeah. the TikTok. Instagram. The, I uh, have a. I'm and I'm like in a group chat with like a bunch of girls, obviously that have autoimmune encephalitis, and um, I follow quite a, a lot of people that have autoimmune. But you're following a 23 year old girl that's yes. doing the plasma right now, yeah, right? Yeah, she's doing okay. the plasma, okay. and she's had it uh, pretty pretty rough. Because um, there's also relapsing, which can happen. 
which is like, meh, but so <laughs> we're not there yet. So there's we're not there yet. So there's not there. more. There's more than there's more people that have been diagnosed with it. Yeah. Now than recent than before. So there's actually quite a few more people. Yeah. I mean, there's there's more cases out there, and it it's starting to get more heard and heard, but it's not common like a lot of people are like sorry what do you have yeah <laughs> i'm like autoimmune encephalitis and for a while i couldn't even say it. i was like it's yeah. the one that starts with an e and they're like it's a e yeah it's a e and they're like okay so what was what's been kind of cool though is over the summer um because she had such a rough school year, she's had several teachers reached out out to her via email and asking her how she's doing. Well, several, and, just two. Well, still. just the two close ones I had. Well, and the assistant principal to. who went to the ER with us one day, um, we keep up on text with one another, and she'll uh, send me texts every once in a while, you know, asking how Jill's doing, and um, so that's been. Yeah, actually, my biology teacher was the inspiration of uh, getting Yule and. Uh, having a service dog because uh, she was very advocate on like wanting to help me and, and wanted to know more about like treatments and um, how I've been doing. And she goes, you know, maybe not a bad option for you is to be get like a service dog for like your tics, seizures and um, just therapy in general. Cause it's just been really hard. And this whole time. You, I mean, it was, things started happening when it was, August, October, when was it? Yeah, like yeah. It, that, in the fall. Right yeah. around when you started ninth grade. Yeah. yeah. Right, which is the beginning of high school. <laughs> Such oh, yeah. a great which is fun time. Already a very difficult time to. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Right. And then so now wonderful. you're dealing with that. Uh, and you made it through the whole year. And yeah. Sing, you know, no, it was, incredible. it was harsh. I mean, I mean high school kids suck. Yeah. Like it's, it's not, it's not like, oh, everyone's accepting and, and they're not going to no. make fun of you. No, it's, it was a bit harsh and um, finally being able to be like, hey, uh, I'm being treated. And now I'm like, okay, well, if I go back to school this year and I don't have tics and I'm just going to get bombarded with like you're faking it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Well, yeah. You know, I, I figure based on the, the statistical uh, occurrence of AE and population knowing the population of the u.s like 328 million when you do the, the math you find out that theoretically there are less than 300 people in this country that have it yeah yeah i mean this is a big country yeah. 380 well, million. Right. <laughs> and and yeah but back to the, the high school thing too i mean that's a there's an amazingly small number but um you know Kids in ninth and tenth grade are not the most well-adjusted people in the world, too. So no, you can't explain to them like especially what's going especially on, not know? in a really close-minded um, kind of like if you're not normal or if you're uh, have any kind of abnormal thing, you're kind of just gonna be treated like crap, which is unfortunate. But that's the whole kind of rule, I guess. Yeah. Or the expectation of if you're not like the normal um, person that's completely healthy, doesn't have any issues. Yeah. As much as society and me social media, everybody thinks that there's this, there's this sort of like everybody's 
copacetic and everybody's cool with everybody. It's yeah. just not true. Uh, th- that's it's not, just not true. It's not reality. Far from true. <laughs> yeah. Far from the truth. <laughs> yeah. That, what the re- actual reality yeah. versus this whole like no, and, social yeah. media thing is just so different. And something that like I completely know, like at first I was like, oh yeah, people are supporting me. But when um, you just like your first semester, you're kind of just like in the background. Cause I was like very under the radar. I was a quiet person. I only had a couple of friends. I was like, yeah. I'm here to get the work done and leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, when uh, second semester, I started having tics. A lot of people would start talking to me more and not cause they wanted to know about it, but like, I was just kind of entertainment in the classroom. Um, and so like people that would be like my friends, I was like, I am not comfortable with this. Like I had my, I had like my group of friends that we would make jokes about my dicks. Cause honestly there are some really funny, well were some really funny ones. And I was completely fine with like them making jokes about it. But like when I know when like you're just in my class and I've never talked to you, I've never really had a connection with you and you feel like it's a okay to like trigger some or laugh at them it's it's not <laughs> right and so that's what i came to learn it's like they're not your friends they're just using you just to laugh so we did get the great name uh two weeks ago well she's not even been with us two weeks yet <laughs> not <And> really, no <laughs> no she's no. still a baby baby so she just had some nine week shots this week but we had a great day how old is she, she nine was, weeks. she's nine, nine weeks, weeks. Yeah. So yeah she's not she's, even nine pounds yet <laughs> Well, she barely was able to come home. <laughs> She's already as big as their other two dogs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. No, no. They're both fully grown. And then she's here like, hey, guys, I'm nine <laughs> weeks old and I'm almost bigger than you. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we are, hope to work with um, a couple of years ago when I was teaching high school, students had to do uh, service projects. And I had a student did a, a service project over medical mutts. They're a group here um up on uh, Allisonville Road that I want to get in touch with um, to, if you have your own dog, they'll work to train it as a certified service animal. And then when I mentioned that to my veterinarian this week, she said, oh, who uh, who do you guys think you're going to work with? And I, I mentioned medical mutts and she said, oh, that's who I was hoping you would say. And she said she had a couple clients at the uh, clinic that are medical mutts. And she's like, they do a really good job. So Jill and I are kind of in the, the search for uh, somebody that can help us train her and then some, you know, so yeah. that, that she could go to school with Jill, uh, hopefully in the near future. So, I mean, it's just a small horse, you know? No, it's like, it's like a, a miniature pony, <laughs> a miniature pony, like probably take up like a, almost a whole hallway to myself, but. You won't hey. need a car, just ride, ride him to school. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. She, she loves to be, they're spoiling, they're spoiling the pulley jabbers out of her. Said, you know, the day's going to come when she's going to be 150 pounds and jump up in your lap to be petted. You know? I mean, yeah. yeah. We're setting her up for that. Yeah. She's a princess. Yeah. Uh, we were looking at Jill's car the other day, and <laughs> the one that's going to be hers next year when she can drive. And Finally. she said, I'm not even sure the dog's going to fit in this car yeah. when she's full grown. <laughs> so. That's awesome. What you need is a, like an SUV with a retractable sun. Oh, sun one of those, <laughs> yeah. The whole roof just goes yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's going to be one of like Clifford and the big red dog. Yeah. The little girl is blonde, isn't she? The little <laughs> is her name Maggie? What is her I name? I don't know what her name is. We're getting off track though. <laughs> yes, we are. Oh, that's what I was thinking. That's, <laughs> that's all right. 
Um, so today is the what? The ninth? What is it today? July 9th? Yes. July 9th. July yeah. 9th. Okay. 2021. Um, so. You're going to be doing more steroids or you're you good with steroids for a while. And then you're going to, um, you're 10, is it 10 days? They're going to see if, uh, if like the steroids are work. Cause like they said, we'll know officially if they worked like a month after. A month. So a month yeah. after if that, okay. if the ticks and depression, anxiety, all that kind of stuff starts coming back, they're going to be like IVG. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's in about a month or so from now. Yeah. Okay. Cause steroids can pretty much make anybody feel good. Yeah. For a period of time. Yeah. So that the to say that she's actually uh, responsive to steroid treatment has yet to be determined. So we're still kind of and and as of today, uh, the um, cerebral spinal fluid test, uh, all that stuff has not come back. It was sent to two different locations. Yeah. So we still don't know. Uh, there's still some pending results out there. So we so there's up, a chance that what? They could uh, just go ahead and decide that she needs more steroids, or that they would just jump to the IVG, IVG or plasma. Oh, I see. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. so we so yeah, so that's, that's kind of like yeah. the um, whole like, oh, we'll see if you need more treatments, and if not, then we'll Got see. It. Okay, yeah, this is more of a trial period. Exactly. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yes, yes. That's yeah. a good way yeah, of looking at it. Yeah, they're trying to see of like how the steroids are if they actually did work. It just kind of boosts your whole system, right? That's what steroids are. It just like just strengthens right, yeah. your whole body in every possible way. They have all kinds of side effects, and one of them is euphoria. A lot mm. of people say, "Oh, I feel great," because when I no. when I was doing uh, oral surgeries, I a lot of times if I had to do some some pretty heavy extractions or whatever, I'd put my patients on steroids, and they'd come back the next day. I may have taken out a whole mouthful of teeth, and I'd say, you know. How are you feeling? Oh, I feel great. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they, they are great drugs, but, they, you know, <laughs> yeah. they're. Uh, I just got really weird side effects because, like, they, they explained all of them. I had, like, almost none of them because hmm. they were like, you're going to, like, be, like, super hungry. No appetite. So, you're I, not getting any of the, the side effects? That no, not really. Hmm. Uh, the only side effect I really got was I got angry a little bit, but not, like, how they said I was supposed to. Like, totally irrational yeah anger, like roid rage i mean <laughs> like, yes. I, raging that's what they said rage. yeah no the only time that i got like super like to my end was when we got home and because that was because my room was dirty but that was my fault because i left it like that well just like raging while my boyfriend was sitting there like please don't kill me <laughs> well, well, you didn't have a lot of notice i mean you know they called your mom and said hey we're going to louisville you know, yeah. and bingo, you know, you're gone. So I think we'll forgive you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think we'll just wrap it up Yeah, and, um, great. We'll do another one. Yeah. In, in a month or so. And Sounds good. <laughs> this is awesome. Hope, I mean, we're yeah. all we can say is thank you. Cause yeah, that's, thank you you know, so much. it started with just this. So just, yeah. this is a big deal. I'm so. happy that, you know, we're seem to be on a path that's, uh, you know, looking good and there's some treatment going on and that's great. I'm very happy about that. So you too. All right. Thanks everybody. Thank okay. you. Thank okay. you. All right. Till next time. <laughs>